Hello and welcome back to another episode of A Cozy Christmas Podcast. I'm your host, Art, and I want to welcome you to a brand new episode. I'm looking forward to sharing with you today uh, some more Christmas enjoyment as we make our way to the best day of the year. We're about the middle of October here, almost getting closer to the end. Halloween is fast approaching. Uh, Do you have any exciting Halloween plans? Uh, Gracie has been going around saying, November 1st, Christmas music is coming out, Dad. November 1st, you know, she's living for November 1st. And I think that's pretty neat. So what's making you cozy these days? Um, I am really excited to tell you about a new album by someone who doesn't need my help to sell albums, but Nora Jones released an album this week. This isn't sponsored by her or anything. I'm just a huge fan of her work, and she finally put out a Christmas album, and it is so good. It's very cozy. Uh, There's some original songs uh, from her but and then she sings some classic ones that really vibe well with her voice and her sound it's just a good good fit for her and i've greatly been enjoying her christmas album so you can find that on amazon her album is called i dream of christmas the first song on the album christmas calling is really really nice i i like it i like it a lot but then she has some classic ones as well, like uh, Christmas Don't Be Late, uh, Blue Christmas, Winter Wonderland, Run Rudolph Run, Christmas Time is Here, and What Are You Doing New Year's Eve. There's a couple other original songs on there, but all of them are, are good. Even the song What Are You Doing New Year's Eve, I don't like that song because it reminds me that Christmas is over. But I liked that version she put out. You know, if you want some new cozy Christmas music this year, I'd definitely recommend um, Nora Jones's album. Uh, check that out. Uh, again, not a not a sponsored ad here. I'm just a fan. Hoping that she listens to this and says, you know what? I need to come on your podcast, Art, so I can do an interview with you. <laughs> so, Nora, if you're listening, uh, my DMs are open. <laughs> so... Uh, well, well, that's not going to happen, I'm sure, but oh well, a guy can dream, right? Besides, who wants to spend a half hour listening to me try to interview somebody and all I do is just, you know, giggle? <laughs> anyway, where was I? Well, we've been chatting online about uh, Christmas catalogs, how we used to get the Sears catalog, the Montgomery Wards catalog. Why did Toys R Us have a catalog? Uh, maybe I'm not sure well Grace and I sit down to chat about catalogs and as I mentioned last week we got the new Amazon Christmas catalog in the mail we also got one from Walmart so Grace and I take them and sit down and look through the catalogs to talk about what we think is going to be the big ticket uh, gift item this year for kids or for 43-year-old guys who wish they were kids. So we, we have some fun with that. We've got a, a companion YouTube video coming out, or it's already out. And uh, on there, there's a couple of little extra things on the video you can go check out. 
including we try some more fall candy to see if we like it or not. And it's uh, put out by the people of uh, Werther's Originals. Uh, again, not sponsored. As I say in the video, we try these snacks out so you don't have to. <laughs> uh, but that might be of interest to you. So there's a video version of this discussion uh, as well as a couple of extra bonus scenes on the YouTube channel. I'd love for you to go check that out and uh, like and subscribe. We've got some fun videos planned for this coming Christmas year. Just won't really work as well on audio only. And in fact, the, the catalog section is kind of a visual section too. So I, I just encourage you to go check that out. Well, I've got a memory today from a listener named Greg. And Greg, I want to thank you so much for sending me. Uh, you sent me a message on the, through the uh, Facebook page, uh, the Cozy Christmas Facebook page. And I don't really talk about that a lot. But if you folks are on Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, I'm on all of those. So go ahead and search me out. I'd love to see you there and we can help keep some conversations going on the social medias. So Greg wrote in to say that uh, he's been enjoying the podcast, loves Christmas podcasts, and he is a fan of whenever my daughter's on. So that's always a, a way to my heart for sure. <laughs> Greg says that he is the big Christmas fan in their house and has some great connections to Christmas there. It looks like his wife, Christy, was born on Christmas Day. So what what a gift that must have been for Greg <laughs> or uh, for Greg's or for Christie's parents. Anyway, Greg and Christy, I just want to say a big hello to you and your family. And I hope you guys are having a going to have a great Christmas season this year. So I asked him if he had any uh, Christmas memories he'd like to share with the podcast. And he did. So I want to go ahead and read that to you. He says he has several. So, Greg, just keep them coming. I I. And, and anyone listening, um, you can reach out to me on the social medias. Send me an email to cozychristmaspodcast at gmail.com. And I would love to read your Christmas stories on the podcast. He said uh, he's from a small town of about 900. He loves music and he grew up listening to the Jackson 5 Christmas on an 8-track player on top of the family mantle. It was the best thing when dad broke out that 8-track player. Mom handed out the tinsel to throw at the tree and all of us kids would dance until we fell asleep to I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus. Uh, for this next part of the story, if you have kids that listen with you, uh, you, you might want to plug their ears. Greg's going. Uh, Greg reveals some uh, secrets about Santa, but uh, he goes on to say that one Christmas Eve, or on Christmas Eve, his grandpa, who was six foot one and weighed about 165 pounds, borrowed what looked like uh, from the pictures, a 3X Santa suit to deliver us presents. We at the time really thought Grandpa Don was Santa. He says, and it looks like even that his kids will sleep in on Christmas morning. And and that's that's remarkable. <laughs> if I'm reading your, your text right, that's, that's amazing. Go with that as, as long as you can. But I want to circle back around to his story about his grandpa dressing up as Santa because, as you folks, longtime listeners of the show, will know uh, that my grandpa did that same thing. And yeah, it was, it was just, it's always so fun. 
when grandparents get into it like that. I, I don't know. It just made it very special to me too. You know, I knew it was my grandpa and maybe there's still a small part of me that just wonders if maybe grandpa was not the real Santa, but I just love how he made Christmas so special for us grandkids. And uh, my grandma, when I think of Mrs. Claus, I think of my grandma. You know, she was a, a beautiful Norwegian woman who always seemed to have an apron on, was always in the kitchen, uh, you, you know, not out of some kind of old-fashioned standards or whatever. Uh, she was very much a, a, a feminist. Uh, you know, I've got stories to tell of when she was in the army. That's right. In the army during World War II, she held rank in everything. Uh, she was a nurse, an army nurse, but she was she's a tough she was a tough cookie. Anyway, she just exuded Mrs. Claus vibes to me. But she would be baking and preparing food for us and all that because that was one of the ways she expressed her love is through uh, baking and through cooking and through providing meals for her family. And that was wonderful and wouldn't trade those memories for anything. They made Christmas so, so special. And, and I only wish we could still celebrate with them. You know, unfortunately, they uh, passed away now. But uh, their memory lives on with me, and I'm here to tell you those stories. And, and uh, that's why I think it's great that we share stories on this podcast uh, to help keep those memories alive of our Christmases past. So thank you, Greg, for uh, writing in. And I'm going to send you out a Cozy Christmas Podcast sticker. And if you'd like to get a sticker as well, uh, please send me a, a Christmas memory and I'll get that out to you. You can also get a Cozy Christmas bookmark if you go to Kofi.com, make a donation to the podcast. I'll send you a bookmark. They're also for sale for the same price at the uh, Etsy store that we have if you want to go ahead and check that out. Uh, I had a couple of folks buy some of my Scrooge ornaments, and so I think, uh, I think I'm all out of those now. I have to paint some new ones, but I also have some... Um, I have some other hand-painted ornaments I need to get posted on there. I, I got them done and ready. I just need to take the time to take their picture and post them up there. So if you like ornaments, especially handcrafted or hand-painted ornaments, they'll be there on the on the Etsy store, hopefully very soon. So go ahead and take a look at that. Well, Greg's story reminded me of today's story called Old Father Christmas. Old Father Christmas was published in 1900, and it was written by Juliana Horatia Ewing, and she was born in 1841 and died in 1885. Um, now, Juliana was an English writer. She lived in Canada for a couple of years before moving back to England. She was one of 10 children, so a, lot, a big family. She come, came from a big family, and a lot of her stories had to deal with sympathetic insights into uh, children's lives, according to Wikipedia. She also had a strong religious faith and an interest in the military. So I want to read her story to you. So if you're able, I want to invite you to sit down and to rest, make yourself cozy, perhaps get a cup of 
hot chocolate or apple cider, and I'll read you a Christmas story. Old Father Christmas by Juliana Horatia Ewing The custom of Christmas trees came from Germany. I can remember when they were first introduced into England and what wonderful things we thought them. Now every village school has its tree, and the scholars openly discuss whether the presents have been good or mean as compared with other trees in former years. The first one that I ever saw, I believe to have come from good Father Christmas himself. But little boys have grown too wise now to be taken in for their own amusement. They are not excited by secret and mysterious preparations in the back drawing room. They hardly confess to the thrill, which I feel to this day, when the folding doors are thrown open and amid the blaze of tapers, Mama, like a fate, advances with her scissors to give everyone what falls to his lot. Well, young people, when I was eight years old, I had not seen a Christmas tree, and the first picture of one I ever saw was the picture of that held by Old Father Christmas in my godmother's picture book. What are those things on the tree? I asked. Candles, said my father. No, father, not the candles, the other things. Those are toys, my son. Are they ever taken off? Yes, they are taken off and given to the children who stand around the tree. Patty and I grasped each other by the hand and with one voice murmured, How kind of old Father Christmas! By and by, I asked, How old is Father Christmas? My father laughed and said, One thousand eight hundred and thirty years, child, which was then the year of our Lord, and thus 1,830 years since the first great Christmas day. He looks very old, whispered Patty. And I, who was, for my age, what Kitty called Bible-learned, said thoughtfully, and with some puzzledness of mind, then he's older than Methuselah. But my father had left the room and did not hear my difficulty. November and December went by, and still the picture book kept all its charm for Patty and me, and we pondered on and loved Old Father Christmas as children can love and realize a fancy friend. To those who remember the fancies of their childhood, I need say no more. Christmas week came. Christmas Eve came. My father and mother were mysteriously and unaccountably busy in the parlor, but we only had one parlor, and Patty and I were not allowed to go in. We went into the kitchen, but even here was no place of rest for us. Kitty was all over the place, as she phrased it, and cakes, mince pies, and puddings were with her. As she justly observed, there was no place there for children and books to sit with their toes in the fire. When a body wanted to be at the oven all along, the cat was enough for her temper, she added. As to Puss, who obstinately refused to take a hint which drove her out into the Christmas frost, she returned again and again with soft steps, and a stupidity that was, I think, affected to the warm hearth, only to fly at intervals like a football before Kitty's hasty slipper. We had more sense, or less courage. We bowed to Kitty's behests and went to the back door. Patty and I were hardy children and accustomed to run out in all weathers, 
Without much extra wrapping up, we put Kitty's shawl over our two heads and went outside. I rather hoped to see something of Dick, for it was holiday time, but no Dick passed. He was busy helping his father to bore holes in the carved seats of the church, which were to hold sprigs of holly for the morrow. That was the idea of church decoration in my young days. You have improved on your elders there, young people, and I am candid enough to allow it. Still, the sprigs of red and green were better than nothing, and, like your lovely wreaths and pious devices, they made one feel as if the old black wood were bursting into life and leaf again for very Christmas joy, and if only one knelt carefully, they did not scratch his nose. Well, Dick was busy, and not to be seen. We ran across the little yard and looked over the wall at the end to see if we could see anything or anybody. From this point there was a pleasant meadow field sloping prettily away to a little hill about three-quarters of a mile distant, which, catching some fine breezes from the moors beyond, was held to be a place of cure for whooping cough, or kin cough, as it was vulgarly called. Up to the top of this Kitty had dragged me and carried Patty, when we were recovering from the complaint, as I well remember. It was the only change of air we could afford and I dare say it did as well as if we had gone into badly drained lodgings at the seaside. This hill was now covered with snow and stood off against the gray sky. The white fields looked vast and dreary in the dusk. The only gay things to be seen were the berries on the holly hedge in the little lane, which, running by the end of our backyard, led up to the hall, and the fat robin that was staring at me. I was looking at the robin when Patty who had been peering out of her corner of Kitty's shawl, gave a great jump that dragged the shawl from our heads and cried, Look! I looked. An old man was coming along the lane. His hair and beard were as white as cotton wool. He had a face like the sort of apple that keeps well in winter. His coat was old and brown. There was snow about him in patches, and he carried a small fir tree. The same conviction seized upon us both. With one breath, we exclaimed, It's old Father Christmas! I know now that it was only an old man of the place, with whom we did not happen to be acquainted, in that he was taking a little fir tree up to the hall to be made into a Christmas tree. He was a very good-humored old fellow, and rather deaf, for which he made up by smiling and nodding his head a good deal and saying, Aye, aye, to be sure, at likely intervals. As he passed us and met our earnest gaze, he smiled and nodded so earnestly that I was bold enough to cry, Good evening, Father Christmas. Same to you, said he in a high-pitched voice. Then you are Father Christmas, said Patty. And a happy new year, was Father Christmas's reply, which rather put me out. But he smiled in such a satisfactory manner that Patty went on, You're very old, aren't you? "'So I be, miss, so I be,' said Father Christmas, nodding. "'Father says you're eighteen hundred and thirty years old,' I muttered. "'Aye, aye, to be sure,' said Father Christmas. "'I'm a long age. I'm a long age. "'A very long age,' thought I. "'And I added, "'You're nearly twice as old as Methuselah, you know,' "'thinking that this might have struck him. "'Aye, aye,' said Father Christmas but he did not seem to think anything of it. After a pause, he held up the tree and cried, 
Do you know what this is, little miss? A Christmas tree, said Patty, and the old man smiled and nodded. I leant over the wall and shouted, But there are no candles. By and by, said Father Christmas, nodding as before. When it's dark, they'll all be lighted up. That'll be a fine sight. Toys, too, they'll be, won't there? said Patty. Father Christmas nodded his head. And sweeties, he added expressively. I could feel Patty trembling, and my own heart beat fast. The thought which agitated us both was this. Was Father Christmas bringing the tree to us? But very anxiety and some modesty also kept us from asking outright. Only when the old man shouldered his tree and prepared to move on, I cried in despair, Oh, are you going? I'm coming back by and by, said he. How soon? cried Patty. About four o'clock, said the old man, smiling. I'm only going up yonder. Up yonder? This puzzled us. Father Christmas had pointed, but so indefinitely that he might have been pointing to the sky, or the fields, or the little wood at the end of the squire's grounds. I thought the latter and suggested to Patty that perhaps he had some place underground, like Aladdin's cave, where he got the candles and all the pretty things for the tree. This idea pleased us both, and we amused ourselves by wondering what old Father Christmas would choose for us from his stores in that wonderful hole where he dressed his Christmas trees. I wonder, Patty, said I, why there's no picture of Father Christmas's dog in the book. For at the old man's heels in the lane there crept a little brown and white spaniel, looking very dirty in the snow. Perhaps it's a new dog that he's got to take care of his cave, said Patty. When we went indoors, we examined the picture afresh by the dim light from the passage window, but there was no dog there. My father passed us at this moment and patted my head. Father, said I, I don't know, but I do think old Father Christmas is going to bring us a Christmas tree tonight. Who's been telling you that? said my father. But he passed on before I could explain that we had seen Father Christmas himself and had had his word for it that he would return at four o'clock and that the candles on the tree would be lighted as soon as it was dark. We hovered on the outskirts of the rooms till four o'clock came. We sat on the stairs and watched the big clock, which I was just learning to read, and Patty made herself giddy with constantly looking up and counting the four strokes toward which the hour hand slowly moved. We put our noses into the kitchen now and then to smell the cakes and get warm, and anon we hung about the parlor door and were most unjustly accused of trying to peep. What did we care what our mother was doing in the parlor? We, who had seen old Father Christmas himself and were expecting him back again every moment. At last the church clock struck. The sounds boomed heavily through the frost, and Patty thought there were four of them. Then, after due choking and worrying, our own clock struck, and we counted the strokes quite clearly. One, two, three, four! Then we got Kitty's shawl once more and stole out into the backyard. We ran to our old place and peeped, but could see nothing. We'd better get up on the we'd better get up onto the wall, I said, and with some difficulty and distress from rubbing her bare knees against the cold stone and getting the snow up her sleeves, Patty got on to the coping of the little wall. 
I was just struggling after her when something warm and something cold coming suddenly against the bare calves of my legs made me shriek with fright. I came down with a run and bruised my knees, my elbows, and my chin, and the snow that hadn't gone up Patty's sleeves went down my neck. Then I found that the cold thing was the dog's nose, and the warm thing was his tongue. And Patty cried from her post of observation, "'It's Father Christmas's dog, and he's licking your legs!' It really was the dirty little brown and white spaniel, and he persisted in licking me and jumping on me and making curious little noises that must have meant something if one had known his language. I was rather harassed at the moment. My legs were sore, I was a little afraid of the dog, and Patty was very much afraid of sitting on the wall without me. "'You won't fall,' I said to her. "'Get down, will you?' I said to the dog. "'Humpty Dumpty fell off a wall,' said Patty." said the dog. I pulled Patty down, and the dog tried to pull me down. But when my little sister was on her feet, to my relief, he transferred his attentions to her. When he had jumped at her and licked her several times, he turned around and ran away. He's gone, said I. I'm so glad. But even as I spoke, he was back again, crouching at Patty's feet and glaring at her with eyes the color of his ears. Now Patty was very fond of animals, and when the dog looked at her, she looked at the dog, and then she said to me, He wants us to go with him. On which, as if he understood our language, though we were ignorant of his, the spaniel sprang away and went off as hard as he could, and Patty and I went after him, a dim hope crossing my mind. Perhaps Father Christmas has sent him for us. The idea was rather favored by the fact he led us up the lane. Only a little way, then he stopped by something lying in the ditch. And once more we cried in the same breath, It's old Father Christmas! Returning from the hall, the old man had slipped upon a bit of ice and lay stunned in the snow. Patty began to cry. I think he's dead, she sobbed. He is so very old, I don't wonder, I murmured. But perhaps he's not. I'll fetch Father. My father and Kitty were soon on the spot. Kitty was as strong as a man and they carried Father Christmas between them into the kitchen. There, he quickly revived. I must do Kitty the justice to say that she did not utter a word of complaint at the disturbance of her labors, and that she drew the old man's chair close up to the oven with her own hand. She was so much affected by the behavior of his dog that she admitted him even to the hearth, on which Puss, being acute enough to see how matters stood, lay down with her back so close to the spaniel's that Kitty could not expel one without kicking both. For our parts, we felt sadly anxious about the tree. Otherwise, we could have wished for no better treat than to sit at Kitty's round table, talking tea with Father Christmas. Our usual fare of thick bread and treacle was tonight exchanged for a delicious variety of cakes, which were none the worse to us for being tasters and wasters, that is, little bits of dough or shortbread, put in to try the state of the oven, and certain cakes that had gotten broken or burnt in the baking. Well, there we sat, helping old Father Christmas to tea and cake, and wondering in our hearts what could have become of the tree. Patty and I felt a delicacy in asking old Father Christmas about the tree. It was not until we had had tea three times round with tasters and wasters to match that Patty said very gently, It's quite dark now. And then she heaved a deep sigh. Burning anxiety overcame me. I leaned toward Father Christmas and shouted. I had found out that it was needful to shout. 
I suppose the candles are on the tree now? Just about putting of em on, said Father Christmas. And the presents too, said Patty. Aye, aye, to be sure, said Father Christmas, and he smiled delightfully. I was thinking what further questions I might venture upon when he pushed his cup toward Patty, saying, Since you are so pressing, miss, I'll take another dish. And Kitty, swooping on us from the oven, cried, Make yourself at home, sir. There's more where these came from. Make a long arm, Miss Patty, and hand them cakes. So we had to devote ourselves to the duties of the table, and Patty, holding the lid with one hand and pouring with the other, supplied Father Christmas's once with a heavy heart. At last he was satisfied. I said grace, during which he stood, and indeed he stood for some time afterward with his eyes shut. I fancy under the impression that I was still speaking. He had just said a fervent Amen, and reseated himself, when my father put his head into the kitchen and made this remarkable statement. Old Father Christmas has sent a tree to the young people. Patty and I uttered a cry of delight, and we forthwith danced around the old man, saying, how nice! Oh, how kind of you! Which I think must have bewildered him, but he only smiled and nodded. Come along, said my father. Come, children. Come, Reuben. Come, Kitty. And he went into the parlor, and we all followed him. My godmother's picture of a Christmas tree was very pretty, and the flames of the candle were so naturally done in red and yellow that I always wondered that they did not shine at night. But the picture was nothing to the reality. We had been sitting almost in the dark, for as Kitty said, firelight was quite enough to burn at mealtimes. And when the parlor door was thrown open, and the tree, with lighted tapers on all the branches, burst upon our view, the blaze was dazzling, and threw such a glory round the little gifts, and the bags of colored muslin, with acid drops and pink rose drops, and comfits inside, as I shall never forget. We all got something." And Patty and I, at any rate, believed that the things came from the stores of Old Father Christmas. We were not undeceived, even by his gratefully accepting a bundle of old clothes, which had been hastily put together to form his present. We were all very happy, even Kitty, I think, though she kept her sleeves rolled up and seemed rather to grudge enjoying herself, a weak point in some energetic characters. She went back to her oven before the lights were out and the angel on the top of the tree taken down. She locked up her present, a little workbox, at once. She often showed it off afterward, but it was kept in the same bit of tissue paper till she died. Our presents certainly did not last so long. The old man died about a week afterward, so we never made his acquaintance as a common personage. When he was buried, his little dog came to us. I suppose he remembered the hospitality he had received. Patty adopted him, and he was very faithful. Puss always looked on him with favor. I hoped during our rambles together in the following summer that he would lead us at last to the cave where Christmas trees are dressed, but he never did. Our parents often spoke of his late master as Old Reuben, but children are not easily disabused of a favorite fancy. And in Patty's thoughts, and in mine, the old man was long gratefully remembered as old Father Christmas. I like that story. When I first read it, I wondered if the old man wasn't, in fact, old Father Christmas, but he seemed to be just a a kind, maybe hopeless man who lived in the neighborhood, who, unfortunately, 
passed away very quickly after meeting the girls of the story. But I love that he was able to bring cheer to their Christmas intended or not. I don't know. There's a lot of questions I still have about that story. Maybe it was Santa after all. Maybe it was old father Christmas and he disappeared back to his, back to the North pole. The figure of Santa or old father Christmas is an exciting one, but kind of a mysterious one. And it seems like each story share some of the same elements, but then they put a different spin uh, on, on the mythology of, of who Santa Claus is. So Greg, having read your story about thinking your grandpa was Santa, I was reminded of this story, how these little girls uh, met an old man at Christmas time and they thought maybe he was Santa. Sure enough, Father Christmas shows up for them on Christmas Eve with a tree laden with gifts. Um, did you catch a lot of the old fashioned way of celebrating Christmas in that story? A Christmas tree being lit with candles and the presents were being hung on the tree rather than wrapped and put underneath and the children would come to the tree and, and pull off presents that they would want. A very interesting tradition for sure. I don't have a whole lot more to say about the story other than it was a very sweet and cozy story of the author sharing a, a Christmas memory in the form of a story. And uh, again, I would love, as we get into the Christmas season now, I would love, love to share your stories on this podcast. Maybe there's somebody in your family that made Christmas special to you. Maybe there's one year where you had a Christmas miracle happen or something amazing happened that uh, you met someone who changed your life or changed your perspective on Christmas, uh, let me know. Um, you can send in a voicemail or write it out. Send it to CozyChristmasPodcast at gmail.com. Well, uh, so before I go, I just want to remind you to uh, check out the show notes so you can um, find all the, uh, the links and important information from this episode will be there as well as ways you can um, support the show in a financial way. Uh, but one of the best things you can do is to share this podcast to your friends and with other Christmas fanatics that you are aware of. Uh, we can help keep the Christmas spirit going throughout the year. And so uh, this week and into next week, be on the lookout for um, a video or two I have planned. I've got another um, cozy Christmas book corner coming up. And uh, hopefully in November, I'll be able to uh, get an interview with that author of the book I'll be talking about. Uh, I've actually got a couple of authors lined up here coming up in November uh, that I'm excited to share their work with you. As I've said from the beginning, uh, one of my favorite aspects of Christmas, the, the thing that makes Christmas the coziest for me is telling stories and reading stories. And so that's why we're uh, here doing this today. So send me in your story. And until I hear from you and until we meet again, I just want to remind you to be kind to each other, to do good, and to remember that there is nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. Have a very Merry Christmas.